There they go. Chaos theory. You know, Wags, get better, brother. Get better, Wags. I know you were dealing with it, but your man Rodney and, of course, our fearless leader, BK, did the doggone thing like he always does. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge. Welcome to another edition of Hanging with Harge right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Make sure you follow. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell five friends to tell five friends. I was sitting in the stands this week and I was telling everybody around me to make sure that they download the app, make sure they follow us on YouTube and subscribe to all of the outlets. That's what we do right here. We'd be making it happen. So I appreciate everybody uh, following us. Make sure you want to be a part of the show. Hit us up on the text line 512-222-9328 or follow us on all your social media at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and at Texas Sports Unfiltered on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page as well. Also, make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at Hardball Harge. Man, let me just tell you, this weekend was an exciting weekend of college football. Obviously, you know, the main story was the Texas Longhorns as they got ready to play in a top 25 matchup going up against the Kansas Jayhawks. The Texas Longhorns put it on the KU Jayhawks behind RB1. I know that's a lot of the conversation around here, but hey, that's not what it's about. I know that Jonathan Brooks is the man with the plan. He solidified his position as RB1 of the squad, going 20 uh, carries for 217, two touchdowns, and 10.8 yards per carry. What up, Barry Sorrell? Very nice. Very nice to jump on there. I think I walked by you on Bebo Boulevard. I was going to say what's up to you. Shout out to CB. I know. They're in there. Mark. Uh, Darwin, what up, what up, what up, what up? I told you they were going to make the playoffs. That's what we do. Uh, but, you know, what I love about what I saw from Jonathan Brooks this weekend is uh, he had 111 yards after contact, and he forced six missed tackles per uh, pro football focus. Oh, yeah, special shout-out to Ike and his mother, Dot. They're coming back. She had a uh, procedure this morning best wishes and i hope that everything goes well keep pushing along because that's what we do no nope, we always fighting over here and you got a great son at ike that's my partner love me some ike but i wanted to make sure too you sit there and you look at what he was able to do 111 yards after contact forcing uh six missed tackles uh courtesy of my man nash breaking that out he also has outrushed his last three opponents by 149 yards combined. Hey, what up, JT? I see you. Cowboys and the Longhorns are in there. Thank y'all for all jumping on. I really do appreciate that. And just like anything else, this guy is a special back, and I'm just glad that everyone is now getting a chance to see it. I've seen it. Every time he stepped on the field, my man, even going back to last year and the year before that, Jonathan Brooks has always had positive carries. People don't always want to look at it that way because everybody is still enamored with what we saw from Bijan and Rojo, and rightfully so. But everybody has to go on and grow themselves, and that is exactly what this young man has done. He's been the same player ever since he was coming out of Hallettsville. Shout out to Hallettsville. I know that y'all have seen this all his career. Dude has been special since day one. I just think anybody that every year when you come into the season, you have expectations and you have things that you are looking for and what you want to believe in. 
And the thing for me has always been just give this big man a chance. He's smooth. And you're used to seeing the shifty moves and the quick burst and all that, all, all kinds of stuff. But just give the young player an opportunity to go out there and show it. And that's exactly what he's been doing for you. My man averaged 10.8 yards a carry. Remember last year, and I'll give you my keys to the game that I said was going to be important. If you were listening to me on Friday, I said my players to watch and my keys to the game were, were going to, that's what I was going to be paying, paying attention to. And I'll be damned. All of them hit. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Listen to your boy, because there's a lot that I, I, I uncover throughout these processes. But not only that, he's been, every chance that he's gotten the ball, He's made people miss in space. He's got a home run, as Sark liked to talk about. He said he's hit some home runs. But he's done some things that Bijan didn't even do last year. Not taking anything away from Bijan because I'd be crazy to do that. But what I'm saying is every time you get a chance to watch this young man play, just understand you're watching something special. Just trust me on that. Dude is different, and he's going to get an opportunity this weekend. Uh, the one thing about this Texas Longhorn team, they scored in all four quarters for the first time this year. And I'm talking about putting up big numbers. We've also learned that this team plays really, really well in the second half. We've had questions coming into the season. Would this Texas football team be better in the second half of games than they were the year before and, the year, and last year? And the reason why I say that is because we knew that last year it was a struggle in the second half. It was a huge struggle in the second half of games. And I don't, you know, Sark comes out and he's got a script uh, card that he goes off of. He got plays that are scripted. And it's the first 20 plays. And last year, after those first 20 plays, it seemed like it was a struggle. He, I don't know if he felt comfortable with everyone understanding their roles. But now we're in year three. And I believe everybody understands their roles. They understand the adjustments that are being made. And I believe having Paul Christ in the locker room too and helping with the game, game plan has helped them a lot. Right on time, Darwin. Right on time. I just said that. And I think Paul Christ has been a huge, huge asset that we haven't really talked about a lot. There's not been a lot of conversations about Paul Christ like there were with Gary Patterson last year. I don't think that's been possible. I don't think that's been part of the conversation. But what I do know is what we've seen thus far has changed the way the game is being played. Um, the Longhorns have been on this collision course with Oklahoma all season. And Brett Yarmark, I know you're having a tough time, partner, thinking about this game and how all these people are, are looking at the Big 12 where there's only two teams that are ranked. That is Texas and Oklahoma. Game day is going to the Cotton Bowl, as they rightly should. But I want to warn you folks, and we'll get into it all week, and I'll have some guys from Norman come on tomorrow. My man Cody Daniels is going to be joining me tomorrow to talk about what he's seen from Oklahoma and what he's seen from, uh, from Texas. But he covers Oklahoma. He covers Oklahoma State, so he knows a little bit more. But I've been telling you guys, and if you've been listening to me on the radio – when Dylan Gabriel went to Oklahoma, and no, we did not face him last year. And I totally understand it. Everybody's making a, a deal about how all this stuff is going on right now where Texas has been playing backup quarterback and backup quarterback. Listen, you got to play who shows up. And if it just so happens that this 
just happens to be a backup. Let's not discredit what Jason Bean was able to do. Jason Bean is a good quarterback. He's a Texas kid. And every time he's played against Texas, he's giving them hell because he gives you that other part of being able to run the ball. But yes, I wanted to see Jalen Daniels and I'll get to that point in just a minute too. But I wanted to see Jalen Daniels in the way that he went about his business and how he was the preseason player of the year in the big 12. And those are big parts of, of playing football. Injuries happen as we're dealing with, with JT Sanders. We'll find out more today. Sark is having his presser as we speak. Man. But uh, I want you all to understand this Dylan Gabriel quarterback that is having the opportunity to lead this Oklahoma Sooner football team is, is going to be a lot better. And you're right, Jonathan, and I have that in my notes. He can't play defense, and I did have that in there. He missed the game last year because of injury, and I know he don't play defense. And I'm not saying they would have won, but I guarantee you it would have been a lot closer than the 49 to nothing uh, showing where they had a tight end, a third string quarterback and a kid that ended up transferring out of the program that was playing starting quarterback for them. So I agree there was a lot to, to desire in last year's game. But don't think that Dylan Gabriel and those Oklahoma Sooners aren't going to be ready to play this week. I still think Texas is going to win the game. I still think Texas has the most talent, and I still think Texas has a lot that they are playing for, as does Oklahoma. But I'm just telling you right now, this is huge week for preparation. This is where everybody's been waiting for. You know, they Sark has been talking about the team hadn't talked about this game and leading up to it. Now that they've got past that KU game, now they are ready. But I want to talk a little bit about this talk, uh, Texas uh, offense. What we've seen on this offense and the numbers that they were able to put up has been one of their best games at home. Uh, definitely one of Quinn Ewer's best games at home. Quinn went 25 of 35 for 325 with one touchdown through the air, and he had two touchdowns on the ground, including a career long in a 30-yard run. He had a 29-yarder last week, so he just keep adding to his uh, career numbers, his, his, his rushing numbers, which I'm, I'm proud of. I said I've been wanting him to use his legs more because if you go back and you watch last year's film, he wasn't running that much. He wasn't making uh, plays with his legs. He was really wanting to stay in the pocket. And really, because Sark always talks about, I don't want running quarterbacks, but sometimes you just got to look at what your guys are doing and seeing that, hey, I want to extend this this offensive drive, I got to get five yards. I can got to get 10. I got to get out of bounds. I got to just advance instead of throwing the ball away. Now, there were some times in, in um, Saturday's game where I was like, just throw the ball away, man. Just throw it away. Live to play another down because you're still early in it. Don't try to make an extra play when you're deep in the pocket. If you're not advancing forward, don't do that. So there were some things that were definitely the positives, and you can always look at what – we saw in this game that A.D. Mitchell, he had a great game. They still uh, – Xavier Worthy is still balling out. And during the conversations this weekend, Sark was talking about his team and what was going on and talking about Quinn using his legs. And like I said, there's some times that you sit there and you're like, we're playing at a pretty good a good level right now. I think that he's gaining confidence too. He's figuring out, man, maybe I'm a little faster than than I thought. Uh, last week probably helped on that. Uh, but that's an added weapon because now that affects coverages, 
right? That affects how do you cover us. Uh, if you're going to play a man, man principles, and you're going to turn your back and try to double receivers, who has the quarterback? And so now that, that puts an onus on the defensive line and the rush patterns because now maybe they're not rushing as hard because they don't want to give him those running lanes to take off on third down. Uh, and in turn, now we can hold the ball a little longer and wait for some of those routes to open up. So I thought he used his legs really effectively tonight, had a couple big third down scrambles. Obviously, the touchdown run uh, was the biggest one of them all. Uh, and then even there at the goal line uh, with the keeper out the back door. So, uh, again, it's just another added weapon. It's, it's, uh, it's adding to the versatility of who we are offensively. Yeah, it is adding to it. And, again, you like they say, you like, you got to – diversify your portfolio. You got to make sure you got other avenues to get things done. You can't always have one stream of income. You got to have it coming in from all over, especially in today's world. And that's exactly what's been going on right now. So when you start looking at some of these plays and seeing uh, Quinn feeling comfortable, I told you last week, that whenever Quinn and Coach Sark are in unison, this team seems to flow. When Sark gets in his bag with the play calling, and I'm not even going to call them trick plays, the misdirection, the motions, throwing to motion, swinging back around, doing that screen play, those are plays that are dynamic, and they end up being big gainers, which is great. But then you start looking at the fact that JT Sanders gets hurt, and then Gunnar Helm comes in and plays the majority of the game. He's done a great job. Number 80 came in and did his job. But you start thinking about this team when they can find that proper balance and everybody's eating. This is fun to watch. And, you know, obviously slow starts every once in a while pays a, a, a major role in it. But think about this. And this is a pretty damn good stat, cool stat that you get from the University of Texas in their, their uh, notes department. This, this is only the second time that the Texas in the Texas Longhorn program, think about that in the Texas Longhorn program, where you had a 300 yard passer, Quinn went for 325, a 200 yard rusher, 217 for Brooks, and AD Mitchell had 141 yards receiving. And that's the only the second time that this has happened where you had a 300, a 200, and a 100 in the same game. The last time that that happened, was 1999. Major Applewhite went for 328. Hodges Mitchell went for 204. And Montrez Flowers went for 111. That is a, a balanced, balanced attack where you have Quinn, JB, and AD doing their thing. That you, you the rest of and, and don't forget, still had 93 yards receiving by X-Men. You still had that. So when you start looking at these games and, and seeing how this team has developed and, and kind of grown together, it's been really, really impressive to watch. And again, perfect timing. We still haven't seen them have that, that explosion of every quarter doing almost everything that they need to do on offense where you can feel comfortable and start looking at it. And you start feeling a certain kind of way when you start looking at this team. And you're like, whoo, this is a juggernaut. Our ground game looks good. Our passing game, Quinn was sharp at home. Receivers were catching the ball. I'm making some unorthodox catches. But the defense has always 
shown up. Let me talk a little bit about them. But first, I want to tell you about the great folks over at Covert BK. That's right, 42 acres of lot and land for you to go out there, whether you want any kind of car. There's seven uh, brands that are over there. Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. All are located at that Covert BK uh, uh, part of the country. And if not, if you're looking for a Ford, you can go to Covert Ford and, and uh, Huddle, or you can go Ford Lincoln right there in 183 in Austin, Texas. Just remember, no one ever beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. Covert B Cave has something for everyone. Covert B Cave services all makes and models. They got 86 service base. So you just get in and you can get out and you can check out their inventory online. Whatever you're doing, make sure you are in the car buying thoughts. Go to Covert BK. They got you. CovertBK.com. I also want to give a shout out to Tom McKay and his crew. That's right. Playoffs are about to happen. You got college football. What better way to enjoy the Red River shootout? I'm like Rodney. I'm not doing that Elmer Fudd one Red River rivalry. Uh, then getting with the folks at Audiovisual Consultations. Go to abconsultations.com or give them a call, 512-255-8678, and let Tom and his crew take care of you. Whether you want special lighting, you want to set up the security cameras, whatever it is that you need, Tom McKay and his crew will definitely take care of you. Don't go to the big box stores because they're going to try to overcharge you. Tom will take care of you. AB Consultations, that is abconsultations.com or 512-255-8678. As I said, this was a great weekend for the University of Texas, and you got a chance to see a balanced offense. You got to see the defense headhunting, as always. You got big play after big play. You got to see Jalen Catalan do his thing as well. You start to see some Baron Sorrell coming off the edge, making big plays. But my man Jade Barron is always, always around the football. He got, he led, uh, excuse me, he had three solo tackles and a fumble recovery. My man Jalen Ford, I told you, don't take him for granted, folks. He led the team in tackles with seven and five solo. He had a quarterback hit and a, a tackle for loss. Th those guys on that defensive side of the football, they have so much fun, and you can see it in it. Yeah, there's still some big plays that need to to be stopped and you know that's the aggressiveness that's the aggressiveness on that defensive side of the ball they come to bring that hat every single time but you also got to understand there's going to be some mistakes there's going to be some plays that are there but this is one thing uh this is one thing that you always got to remember don't take away the aggressiveness when we talked to Derek Johnson last week Derek Johnson said I would much rather uh have to tell someone to make sure that they're watching their eyes instead of slowing down because this guy is, is ready to go. All these players are showing up on film. You're going to always see them uh, flying to the football. They try to get 11 guys in the video. Like uh, what's my man, Suge Knight. You want to be all up in the video? Yes. That's what the defensive players want to do. They want to be around the football and laying a hat on them. And again, you spend the entire week, and Sark's talked about this before, you spend the entire week working on Jalen Daniels, thinking that he's going to be the starting quarterback, and then you get to the field, and all of a sudden you see another guy come out here who you faced before. Jason Bean can do some of the things that Jalen Daniels is was looking to do. But for the most part, 
you were preparing for a guy that is the preseason player of the year. Now all of a sudden you're adjusting. And here's what Sark had to say about adjusting to Jason Bean and not Jalen Daniels. Yeah, I mean, you just adjust, you know, and once we kind of had an idea that, that Daniels wasn't going, the reality of Kansas, they're going to run their scheme. They're going to run their system. And then Jason Bean is, is more than capable. He's played a lot of football. He's a really athletic guy. And, that the triple option became a real factor because of his speed and, and defending him on that. Um, but, but again, we had to defend the scheme, um, you know, because of the, you know, the quarterback wasn't, there wasn't such a skill set difference, you know? And so, um, like I said, I thought we defended him really well, uh, but the triple was an issue. Um, you don't see that all the time and, and Kansas gets to it each week, a different way. And uh, they got to it on us uh, in that first half and, and caused some issues for us. Yeah, but the, the Texas football team adjusted. That's what it's all about. You have to adjust. You have to be able to, to adapt to any situation, especially when you start looking at uh, teams like this and what is expected when you come into the game and who's going to be your guy. And I, I, I believe that Texas has done a great job of adjusting at halftime. We talked about it just a little bit ago. And they have to be ready again this week to make those adjustments because uh, – Oklahoma brings a totally different package than what you saw this week against Kansas. That's what I keep looking at. That's my thoughts. I'm going to break down the film this week, and then I'll let you know throughout the week. But some of the things that needed to happen, happened. I told you before the game, I said, one of the things that I need to see, my players to watch. Here's my three players to watch that I talked about. I said offensively, Quinn yours. The preseason player of the year is on the other side, Jalen Daniels. He ended up not playing. It's okay. But he hasn't been bad at home, but he hadn't been, but he's been better on the road. So all eyes will be on him like Tupac. I said he needs to turn it up at the crib. Well, all he does is go out there, go 25 or 35, 325 with a uh, touchdown pass. He also made some big plays with his legs. He had two rushing touchdowns where he's only had one game where he hadn't rushed for a touchdown. And I said, that's what he needed to do. He needed to run the ball a little bit, and that's exactly what he was capable of doing. So I've been really impressed with the way that he's gone on and did his business. I said defensively, the Jayhawks were going to try to run the ball. Didn't realize what they were going to do it with Devin Neal, and they were going to do it with Henshaw. Henshaw ended up getting it because he picked up the fumble of Jason Bean and got the tackle. But I said that they needed to be tough up front. They needed to get in there and be nasty and continue to get after the quarterback. They only had three tackles for loss, and that's okay. But they didn't get a sack because Jason Bean is elusive. But they stuffed their run. They couldn't run the football. And that's what it was all about for me. As long as you stop them from running the football, you're going to be fine. So Texas did exactly that. And that's why they had so much success. I did say that Derrick Williams was going to be uh, one of those guys that was going to come out and make a lot of big plays. But Jalen Catalan stayed in the game, did his thing. Michael Taft went out there and played a lot. But for the most part, that was the only thing that I really, really missed on. And I said this about the keys to the game. I said, how will Texas start? They tend to start slow in, in, in these games. I know Sark scripts it, but this is the players, and they were the movie. Sark is the director. He scripts the play, but those guys are the stars of the movie. And running the dang ball was one of the things that I kept saying. 
I said Texas ran the ball for 427 large yards last year in Lawrence, Kansas. And I said they needed to run the ball again this week. You got Jonathan Brooks, who went for over 200 yards. You had Seth Baxter running the ball hard. You also had uh, Quinn Ewers doing his thing, Jaden Blue, and everybody got a chance to run. Texas ended up running for 336 yards. So in Lawrence, they felt like they did a good job because they didn't get the 427. In Austin, they felt like they did a great job because you had a 200-yard back who was able to deliver that punch. So I'm very proud of the running game for what Texas. They averaged 6.6 yards per carry. And if you take away some of those lost yardage from sacks and all that other stuff, Texas had a damn good game. And so it is important when you're watching this team to see exactly how they're going to be able to uh, attack people. And it looks like the running games is a place to be because they are running the ball and running the ball downhill hard. I've always said, Lyman for Lyman, the run game is the easiest thing because all they're going to do is punch you in the mouth. And that's exactly what they were able to do. And the last thing that I said, our special teams need to be special. They hadn't done anything. Uh, I still believe that there are some times on those punts that uh, Xavier Worthy can come up and make the catch instead of letting the ball bounce because there was two punts uh, the other day that I believe that once the ball came off his foot, he could have had an opportunity to keep it in front and be able to catch the ball and fair catch it right in front of him. You gain about eight to 10 yards every single time. But there are sometimes I get it. I get it. They want them to stay away from it. But I truly thought that uh, the team did well. The only problem is they had uh, missed two field goals. My man, Bert Arbin, he's got to get better. Now, you know, these games against Oklahoma always seem to come down to a, a field goal or so. So, Bert Arbin, you got to get a little bit better. You missed the 50 and you missed the 47. Now, I know those are some big distances, but we've also seen you make those big distances. So, it's important for you to make sure that you're continuing to work on the special teams. So, those are the types of things that every week I'm looking at to try to help this team get into the right position because they've done an unbelievable job. As you know, this is OU week and it is 320. I mean, not 327. It's 11:27, and OU still sucks. But I wanted to hear what Sark had to say about his early thoughts when he's starting to look at this uh, Oklahoma team. Uh, as far as OU, hey, we, we, hey, it's a good football team. Uh, they've uh, off, obviously off to a great start. I'm not sure how they did today or when they play, but uh, they're a really good team. Uh, they got quality players. They got good coaches. We know it's going to be a heck of an environment for college football, and it should be um, should be a, a spotlight. Uh, on that game and all of college football next Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. So we're looking forward to it. We know uh, it's going to take a, a real week of preparation, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally uh, to put ourselves in position to perform next Saturday. Yep, that's exactly it. It's going to be a big, big go this week. Uh, Oklahoma's a tough football team. I told you that Dylan Gabriel is one hell of a quarterback. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he had the highest uh, quarterback rating in the Big 12 this past week. The way he goes about it, the way he dials things up, he is a damn good QB. So don't be surprised when you see him for the first time if that's what y'all have done, not paid attention to him. And I know, I know, the competition, the competition, it doesn't matter. I know that Texas is going to bring the hat every single time. I just told you there's a party at the football every opportunity that they get. But I'm just saying, don't get it twisted. That quarterback is definitely one of the best. 
Uh, let me tell you somebody else that's one of the best. It's Great Blue Heron Furniture. That's right. It's custom leather furniture company that was started in 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And man, this stuff looks really, really good. It's also the highest quality furniture that you can find. You cannot, you will not find a more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built uh, furniture anywhere out there. And there's a link at the bottom of this YouTube page in the video description to explain to you the best looking part of it is the Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. That's right. We have our own collection. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you are going to get 15% off. That's right. The promo code HOOKEM, 15% off of your purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. Click on that link or give them a call at 866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. That's great. Blue Heron Furniture. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on across the uh, college landscape. As you know, there was a lot of football games that happened over the weekend, and I do definitely going to continue the conversation about uh, Texas and OU. This is a huge week. And everybody knows about the game and, and what the expectations are. And everybody wants to tell you right now, oh, you still sucks. And I know. I got it. I got it. Just make sure that you're paying attention to uh, every single game. And Colorado, this past weekend, they were in a battle. Uh, the game wasn't even close until until that, o, uh, that OU defense showed up at USC. That's right. Alex Grinch, the D.C. And I told you guys. This week, I, last week, I said, listen to me, that is not going to happen. The reason why I said it doesn't happen is because Alex Grinch will be the reason why uh, USC loses game. Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, who had six touchdowns, uh, he will be the reason why they'll be in every single game. But I am going to tell you right now, they will lose games strictly because of that Alex Grinch defense. That's all it is. Caleb Williams threw for 403, six touchdowns, the Heisman Trophy winner, looking great. Dion told, said he was probably the best quarterback that he's seen in a long, long time. The way he directs traffic, the way he holds everything down. But let me just tell you this, Shador Sanders, 371, four touchdowns. He came out to play, continued to be, um, continued to be aggressive. But, man, I'm going to tell you, USC – they can be beat. And if you've seen Washington play, obviously you saw Oregon play. That's going to be a tough run for USC out there if Alex Grinch doesn't be able to, if Alex Grinch isn't able to handle his business and help their team out because they are terrible. They are a sieve on the, on the defensive side of the ball. They gave up 27 second-half points to a Colorado team. That's depleted. They still don't have – uh, Travis Hunter back. I think he may be back this week. Uh, West Virginia went on to beat TCU 24-21. I got to hand it to Neil Brown, man. I had him fired by this point. And uh, now TCU, they got to figure some stuff out. Last year, TCU would have won a three-point game. This year, they're losing games that everybody thought that they were going to win. And again, I got to tip my cap to Neil Brown because I didn't think he had anything in there. Baylor had an epic come from behind win, 36-35, uh, scoring 36 fourth-quarter points. And Black, 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 Blake Shapin is back. 
So that is unbelievable when you think about what you what I just said to you for them to win that game, coming all the way back to defeat them. UCS and, and Gus Malzahn, I don't know what the heck is going on with you. Uh, Texas Tech defeated uh, University of Houston, 49-28. Tech needed that. And U of H, I don't know what Dana Hogerson is doing, but he better figure it out. They put up a lot of points uh, early, but then Texas Tech just came back and beat them. Ole Miss defeated LSU, uh, 55-49. I hope you took the over in that game, folks. And let me ask you this. Is Brian Kelly making excuses already for his team losing that game? They lost 49 points, and he went in and talked about all the players that had inexperience, but they're older players. They didn't have a lot of freshmen out there. Jalen Daniels put up good numbers. I mean, you scored 49 points. You need to be talking about how your defensive coordinator was able to do that. You got to scheme this thing up, man. Uh, Also, I want to say Texas State is for real, folks. The Bobcats, eat them up cats. They went out to Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and defeated Southern Miss 50 to 36. By the way, they are four in one. They haven't heard said that in a long time. They are two games away from getting into a bowl. And I know GJ Kenny is down there doing it big in, in Slam Marcus because they are having a great time being there. Uh Notre Dame survived Duke 21 to 14. Sam Hartman, man, he's he's a great, great quarterback. I know he's old. I know he's been around for a little bit, but I'm just telling you right now, these this is a great leader of men on that football team. And he even waited after the game to talk to the injured quarterback for Duke, Riley Leonard, who is he got a lower leg injury and it doesn't look good. And I don't think he's going to be around much, but I am proud of the way that they went out there to perform. Uh, Tennessee beat South Carolina. Uh, name from the fat past, folks, Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy is out for the rest of the season with a broken ankle as Tennessee defeated uh, South Carolina 41-20. to 20. Also, the Texas A&M fighting Aggies went, beat Arkansas up at Jerry World 34-22. to 22. Max Johnson balled out. And the Aggies, the Aggies, too, are 4-1. And there's my look across college football. You know somebody that needs to take a look? I know Rodney was talking about this earlier. I want to talk to you about my friends that need to come out and take a look for you at Four Roofs, the number Four Roofs TX. Go to Four Roofs TX for all your roofing needs. All you got to do is give them a chance, whether it's commercial or residential. I was with them yesterday and they were saying that they are busy as all get out and they're getting things turned around quick. So make sure you give them an opportunity. We just had hail. And if you got a business that got hit by hell, don't hesitate and tell them that I sent you over there. Go to the, the number uh, four, roofstx.com. It's a locally owned business that understands the need of this area. They've been in business for over 15 years. Uh, they got affordable pricing and a quick response time. They are thorough and very trustworthy. They've done my house. They've done my neighbor's house. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. They also have project managers on every job site, making sure that everything goes smooth. So do yourself a favor. Reach out today at 512-520-5884 or just go to fourroofstx.com. All right, check this out. I want to talk a little bit about the NFL. 
And there was so much that was happening yesterday, but you know I got to start with my Dallas Cowboys. This is this is my favorite week of the season, and this is the only reason why. I got my Texas Longhorns taking on the Houston – I mean the Houston. I got my Texas Longhorns taking on the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. I've got my Dallas Cowboys taking on the 49ers coming up this week. This is going to be a either a great weekend or an awful weekend. And both of these teams are, are, are going to go up against some challenges. And that's what it's all about. This is what we live for. This is what we play for. This is why we root for our teams. This is why we don't like any of our teams. What up, Sal? Thanks for jumping in, buddy. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys got the big win yesterday. They were in control of the game from the very start and handed Bill Belichick his worst loss of his career, a 35-point loss for, for Belichick, 34-5-point victory for the Cowboys. The boys head to the Bay to take on the 49ers next Sunday where all eyes of the nation will be dialed into that game. You know why? Because both of these teams have Super Bowl aspirations. They both seem to try to be hitting on all cylinders. But you can definitely say that the Niners smashed the Cardinals, who whooped the Cowboys the previous week, 35-16, to 16, behind four touchdowns by Christian McCaffrey. I got him on my fantasy team, folks. I don't hope he gets – I hope he gets zero points next week. I'll take a loss for the Cowboys to win that game. <clears throat> also, we got to try to figure out who's going to cover Brandon Ayuk, who had six receptions for, 19, for uh, 148 yards. But back to the boys right now. They must find a running game. They haven't had a strong performance in the running game, and they didn't have one the last game either against uh, the Patriots. But Dak played well yesterday, and with this matchup, it's going to be paramount that the Cowboys get the running game going. Dak spread the wealth, though, yesterday. He hit nine different receivers. Jake Ferguson had seven receptions, and C.D. Lamb finally got into the end zone. We got a uh, Michael Gallup and Tolbert sighting, and, you know, Rico Dowdle is impressing me, but I think he needs to get more opportunities. I think he got dinged up yesterday while I was watching the game. But the, as usual, like I was talking about with the Texas Longhorns football team, I'm going to say the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys football team. Their defense had played at – they rebounded from last week. That's for sure. The defense did a great job of forcing turnovers, as we saw, and they scored on them, on a fumble return and a, and a pickoff return. That's what it's all about. Deron Bland has got eight interceptions in the last two seasons. The dude is a ball hawk. He's always making plays. He just does everything on the field, and he's replacing Trayvon Diggs, but he's getting his opportunity. Now, you could say Mac Jones kind of led him to those situations. That's okay. I'm fine with it. I don't care who led him to the situation. Cowboys defense played well, and they played well often. So they, they finally picked it up. They held the Pats to just 10 first downs and held them to four for 13 on, for, on third down conversions. 2.3 yards per carry, and they held them to three points. That is the recipe for success for the Cowboys. Play good defense, don't turn the ball over, and you will win. You got to also control the time of possession. That's exactly what the Cowboys did. 35 minutes and nine seconds, they, they had the ball. They played well, but they do have to get better in the red zone. They was only they were only one of four, and that isn't great. But this is the right week if you're gonna try to do it because I'll tell you what, those those 49ers, they are nasty on defense. They they got some athletes that are out there and they head hunt as well. 
So this is going to be a huge, huge week for um, the Dallas Cowboys as they get ready to take on the 49ers. Sorry about that. I'd get some water. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to the Texans. Let me just tell you, the Texans have been – I watched them yesterday. It was fun to watch. T, I'm sorry, Tanisha. I'm sorry that, that, that I got to bring this up. But they put J.J. in the Hall of Honor and then went on to defeat the Steelers 30-6. to C.J. Stroud is right now looking like the rookie of the year. He's definitely making a run for it. He's playing at a very, very high level. He's thrown for the second most yards in the NFL by a rookie in NFL history in his first four games. He's thrown for 1,212 yards, which is second to Cameron Jarrell Newton, who did it in 2011, throwing for 1,386 yards. They're two and two, and they look like a team that plays really hard for each other. The Texans are running the ball well with Pierce. They use play action. They got screens. They got quick uh, passes. The defense flies around to the football. It has been very, very fun to watch. And I, I encourage you, if you don't, if the Cowboys aren't playing, if that's your team, or whenever your team is not playing, and you get a chance to watch the Texans play, this is a different Texas team. Texans team. They play hard for D'Amico Ryans. They believe in them. You can see the excitement in the air every time they play. So I've been really, really impressed with what you, what you got to see from that team. But I want to take a look around the NFL real quick. So many stories that are out there, so many different storylines. I'll get into the game of the day between the Dolphins and the Bills. But I want to start off by the day starting off by watching Toy Story in Andy's room the version of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the, the Falcons playing over playing over in London. And it was great to see Bijan, but the Falcons, uh, man, Desmond Ritter, they were talking about how Desmond Ritter doesn't turn over the football. And well, so he goes out there and turns it over twice, almost back-to-back -back possession. Oh, it was back-to-back -back possessions. But it was really cool because I started the morning watching that game with the kids and, and laughing because – it's funny. They said the best part of the brightest part of the game was the slinky being the yard marker, being the first down marker. That was outstanding. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the Ravens and the Browns, no Deshaun Watson, but Lamar Jackson had two touchdowns on the ground and two touchdowns passing as they defeated the Browns 28 to three. The Bengals are just terrible, folks. Uh, Jamar Chase is pissed off. He's angry. Burrow is still hurt, and he doesn't look good. The Titans beat them 27-3. Uh, the Broncos came back to beat the hapless uh, Chicago Bears. Big, big comeback by the Denver Broncos. I'm happy for the Broncos, and the reason why I'm happy is because my son is a Russell Wilson fan. He has been doing well. Russell Wilson has. Don't put all that blame on him, but that's the reason why you play the game. You got to play it all the way out. Feel terrible for the uh the the Bears fans. Y'all y'all just can't catch a break, man. That 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 don't even make any sense. I also want to talk about the Rams and the Colts. The Rams defeat the Colts 29 to 23 in overtime. The Dolphins coming off a 70-point performance got humbled yesterday by the Buffalo Bills. 48 to 20. Josh Allen decided that he was tired of the Tua talk. 
went out there and threw for 320, 320 with four TDs. Baker Mayfield, representing the 512, went into the big easy and made it look easy. Uh, 26 to 9, they beat the Saints. He had three touchdowns. The Eagles remain 4 0, so it's big for the Cowboy fans. The Eagles are 4 0, beating the Commanders, which was a really, really good game if you got a chance to watch it. It looks like Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown have decided to be BFFs again because they hooked up for 175 yards and two touchdowns. The Chargers beat the Raiders without Jimmy G, 24 to 17. And last night, the Jets scared the Chiefs in New York with Aaron Rodgers in the house, 23-20. to 20. The, the, the Chiefs win that game. Mahomes didn't look like he uh, was as sharp as he once was. Turning the ball over was one of those things that you just pray that you get that win, and that's what they did. And tonight, the Seattle Seahawks will take on the Giants to finish the week. I'll be watching that game as well. Uh, we also got Major League Baseball. I'll talk plenty of OU in Texas this week, folks. It's only Monday. We're going to have plenty of it. We got Sark's presser that's going on right now. We still have to wait, and we could talk about it, but I've got a chance to watch all these teams. I spent a lot of time watching these teams. We're going to break down Texas and Oklahoma like no other. Tomorrow, I got Kobe Daniels joining me uh, on the show at 1130 to talk about what he's seen, what his view, what Oklahoma's view is of the Texas Longhorns, and he'll give us an a insight to what he's seen on the Oklahoma Sooners as he covers those guys. But as you know, Major League Baseball, uh, they will start the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs start tomorrow. And I know a lot of people are trying to figure out why we're playing these games in the daytime. I love daytime baseball. I love playoff baseball. This is the most exciting time of the year for a lot of baseball fans because now all your hopes and dreams are done. Listen, I know Bucky comes on here every morning trying to talk about Derek Jeter and his Yankees. Sal, I'm sorry. They are not there, so don't even worry about it. Things have changed. The two teams in each league that have gotten buys are the Orioles, who has the home field advantage throughout, and the Astros, who ended up winning the AL. AL West yesterday as they defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers end up losing, which kind of screws the Rangers because now they got to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays are a team that the Rangers, they play them tough, but their pitching staff is a little bit different. So this is going to be a fun thing because the fact that the Rangers have so much offense, I can't wait to see this game as it starts tomorrow. First game will be at 2.08 on ABC. ABC will be hosting the first game of the playoffs as they kick off tomorrow afternoon. Rangers take on the uh, Rays. The Minnesota Twins will play at 3.38 on ESPN. They will be playing the, the Blue Jays tomorrow night. The Brewers in the National League will take on the Diamondbacks on ESPN2 and the Phillies and the Marlins will end up playing the nightcap on Tuesday as that, that'll be game one, Phillies and Marlins at 7.08. There is so much to get into. This is going to be so fun because the Dodgers and the Braves, the Braves have home field and they won the NL East and the Dodgers won the NL West. Those are the two best teams in the uh, National Leagues. The Orioles and the Astros, I don't know if you can call the Astros 
two of the best, uh, the number two best team. They did win. They struggled at home this year, which is kind of weird when you start thinking about it. Like, are they going to be able to turn it around when they get back home? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to. But I do know this. Playoff baseball is so exciting, and I can. I can't wait to watch it. I'm sorry, T. T said. I love postseason baseball, too, but I can't believe they're going to be interrupting my soap operas. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Hey, you can still enjoy it. You got two TVs, I'm sure. You can watch them both. Oh, but you can't watch on ABC. Ha, that's right. Sorry about that. But, yeah, these are the types of games that I get excited about. I still believe that the Dodgers and the Braves are going to be the teams that are going to be representing the NL. They're going to play each other to go to the World Series. I don't know how I feel about the Orioles and the Astros. Minnesota's not very good in the postseason. Uh, Blue Jays, they got some young talent that just they can go out there and play and get hot at any time. The Rays has good pitching, uh, and the Rangers have great offense. The problem with the Rangers is I don't know about their bullpen late in games, what they're going to be able to do. Hopefully they can they can change it around and make that happen. But it's going to be a tough, tough road to hoe. Uh, in the National League, you still look at the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, and the Marlins. The Phillies are a team that scares me. And the reason why they scare me is because they have some big, experienced guys that have been around the game for a long time. You talk about the Bryce Harpers out there. You, you, you got a guy that can will his team to win. Kyle Schwerber, he's a home run or a strikeout. But come on, man, this is going to be one of those big old stories that you're going to pay attention to because Schwarber, he may get hot at the right time and he can lift the Phillies through it, but we got to see what their pitching is going to be. Ryan Hoskins has been trying to work out for the Phillies. Um, I don't know if he's going to be eligible to play. I just think that uh, that's one of those things that you keep looking at and you're like, nah, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. So. I'm excited about it. I know a lot of people don't like day baseball. I love day baseball. So you'll get the Rays and the Rangers, 2 o'clock starting off, both days. You get them win Tuesday and Wednesday. You get the Twins and the Blue Jays Tuesday and Wednesday. The Phillies, everybody's going to be playing the same times, and you just need to be prepared for it just like I am. You know what else you need to be prepared for? You need to be prepared for my friends over at PestWranglers.com for all your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is locally owned, a small family business that's been around since 2006. And its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. The company was started by the owner who was tired of companies that didn't know how to treat their employees or their customers right. And you know if I'm working with them, it's got to be done right. And pest wranglers won't make you sign a contract because they believe in keeping a happy customer keeps you as a customer. They got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all other referral sites. They service most of the Central Texas area. And if you're in need of getting rid of mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or you just need an inspection for your residential and commercial properties, please give pest wranglers a call at 512-670-7808. Or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. I also want to make sure that y'all understand this. We'll have a lot of information all week long when it comes to the uh, Texas Longhorns taking on the 
Oklahoma Sooners. This is OU hate week. People are going to be coming out of the woodwork. They are going to be fired up. And everybody is angry. I'm talking about just angry about playing each other. They don't believe in each other. OU hates Texas. Texas hates OU. I'm going to buy my OU sucks beer today just so I can have it. I want to be all in and all engaged in this situation. This is one of those highly, highly anticipated games that everybody has been talking about and wanting to talk about and wanting to be about. And I just can't wait for it. And this is the first time I believe that all teams that Texas and Oklahoma are going into this game undefeated for the first time in a very, very long time. And there's just so many different things that you can be excited about. And I talked about the Texas defense and what they have been able to do. We see the offense is starting to get better in certain situations. And my man, John Biaco posted this. He's the sports information director at the University of Texas. He said, Texas is one of only four FBF schools who rank in the top 20 in offense. They rank 17th at 478.4 yards per game. And in total defense, they rank 17th at uh, 290.8 yards per game. Take a guess who some of those other teams are that rank highly up there. Oregon, Miami, and Georgia all rank in there. So this is uh, this is an exciting, exciting team, and this is going to be a fun, fun matchup. And I know Oklahoma believes that they're going to be in this thing to, to the very end, but I'm just telling you this. If Sark can come out, and call plays like he does, and they are sharp, and it seems to me, and thank you, CB, here you go. This is the first time both teams have been undefeated since 08, on 2011, and since 08 that both teams enter 5-0. and that, that is a crazy stat, and it's ironic that it's at the very end of the season. I mean, uh, the, the, the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma. Game day in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. All eyes of the universe. This game at 11 a.m. where it is going to be a street fight. Get your wax cups. Get your corny dogs. Get your beers going. It is going to be a dog fight. But the one thing that I like about this Texas football team is the rotation on the defensive line, the camaraderie, with this team as they prepare each day and the intensity in which both of these teams play. I mean, not both of these teams. I'm talking about offense and defense that they play to execute. I want y'all to hear this one more time as we talk to Sark in his post game, and we'll get more from Sark for next week. I want you to hear Sark talking about what he's seen from Jonathan Brooks this year in the run game. Because the story has been C.J. Baxter. Everybody wants to talk about C.J. Baxter. But I've been telling you, this guy is special. I gave you the numbers about how he had 111 yards after contact. 111 yards after contact. That's how that goes down. But I want you to hear what Coach Sark has to say about Jonathan Brooks. I think one thing that J.B.'s doing, he's playing with a lot of confidence. Um 
You know, I think that he's a very patient runner. He's always had natural running ability. And now as he's finding opportunities in the open field, he's making safeties miss. Uh, and when you can do that at running back, when you block things right and you trust the run, and then you can make that last layer of defense miss, you can create explosive runs. And now this is, um, this is three straight weeks where he has hit home runs. You know, as much as he's running really good, you know, hard yards between the tackles, he's, he's a home run hitter force right now too, which I don't know if everybody appreciated that about him coming into the season. But if you think back over the last two years, when he's gone in games at the end of these games, he's hit home runs. You know, he hit one against Kansas last year in that game. Um, so he's, he's done that. And so now he's putting the two together, and I couldn't be more proud of him uh, that, that he's working hard. And I'll say this, I've been proud of Cedric because he's not 100% yet. But for him to go out there and have 16 carries and, and he's learning more and more about playing the game and how to play, um, you know, for those two guys to have that night that they had uh, was pretty impressive. Saying it the entire time to anybody that wants to listen, Jonathan Brooks is a talented, talented running back that will definitely get stronger as the game goes on. He may not be your type of back, but he is the type of back that, at the end of the season, you're going to look up. He's going to have over 1,000 yards, 1,200, 1,500 yards, and you're going to be like, wait, what? He's going to probably finish with like 15 to 20 touchdowns, and I've been saying it. Don't think that Texas's running game was going to suffer as much as you thought. I've been saying it. I'm going to continue to say it. The dude is a talent. He's smooth. He may not be your flashy type of runner, but he's consistent. And he works hard every single game. So put some respect on that dude's name. Now everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon. I've been on his fan club for a long time. And the beautiful part about it is everybody else is getting to eat with us. I want to thank y'all for tuning in again today. Texas Sports Unfiltered. This is where you get all your information starting first thing in the morning with BK and Buck. And then, of course, with Chaos Theory, hanging with Harge. And then, of course, the midday with Trey and BK as they continue to roll, Chip and Zay. And then we got all kinds of wild cards from three to five. So it's always a good time. But as always, don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.